Eric, and this is Elmo City Agenda. We are here with a District 2 City Council candidate, Denise Gutierrez. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm fine, Eric. Thank you for being here on Monday morning. I, I know, right? It's a little cool out here. But a little hey. bit. You know, like it was, what is it? Tomorrow's going to be like hot. Hey, it's be like 83 degrees. I'm pretty sure Texas is bipolar or <laughs> tripolar. <laughs> hey, we got some heavy duty people here, so we, I know, we right? can do it all. <laughs> we don't have the electricity for it, though. No, 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 we'll talk about that yeah, later. Yeah. I totally agree. We have to deal with that. Right. Um, so, how was your weekend? Uh, busy. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work out there, meeting a lot of the constituents, uh, did some block walking, uh, just trying to get out there and, and just share my information and hopefully answer a lot of questions. Yeah. That's, that's really what's important right now, is sharing information. How many pairs of shoes do you go through? Well, um, I don't want to say I go through them because I do have quite a few and I like to alternate <laughs> uh, depending on my ceiling or where I'm going to go and what I'm going to, you know, kind of dress up. But yeah. it gives me an excuse to buy them, but I do buy them myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, you got to have a, a pair for every occasion, hey, right? I'm wearing a nice blue pair today. There so, you go. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to do the Fiesta thing. Show me your shoes right now. Okay. We're not going to do that, but they're blue. <laughs> and, pink. and pink there you go um all right let's get into it so great you you ran for this this uh seat um not two years ago but two years two prior. years before yeah. um and then you also ran for mayor yes sir. um so tell me what is what is motivating you to keep going uh to do i this? i think the motivation is just you know what i want to get the message out um, it's really tough right now for a lot of candidates, but I know that what I do do is impact with knowledge, uh, bringing out that information that's essential in each campaign. I came pretty close the first time I ran for District 2, 58 votes from a runoff when nobody knew who I was. Uh, very little help. Um, I didn't have the name recognition. I did not have the support of, of a lot of the community because I'm considered an outsider. Um, the east side definitely has its personality, uh, definitely has its history, but you know it is changing, and I'm a reflection of that. Uh, we are 67% Hispanic. We are definitely growing in different types of professions, uh, education. I'm excited about the possibility of a lot of our younger generations coming back home. Um, so. Hey, if I'm going to be doing anything, I'm going to be educating. I used to yeah. be a teacher, and here I am. I'm doing it again. There you go. Uh, you know, knowledge is important. Yes. Um, you know, it was that whole uh, commercial thing on uh, back when we were little kids. It was like, knowledge is power. Definitely. <laughs> it definitely is, especially now. Right. Um, it just, by the way, you guys know, we are at Folklores Coffee House. Uh, so thank yeah. you for Emily and Tattoo for letting me uh, shoot at this spot. Um it's in my neighborhood. Yeah, it's in your neighborhood. It's just yeah. around the corner from my home. Okay. I'm excited. They've been here and, and they opened up during COVID, which was very mm. difficult for them. But, you know, a lot of us encourage them to stay and know that we have the support for them. And this is a small business. Yeah. One of the really strong points of my campaign is encourage people like them and other ones who want to build a, a, a family business. Let's do it. I mean, yeah. that's what San Antonio is all about. It's legacy businesses. And we hope they're going to continue here in San yeah, Antonio. Yeah, definitely. And they've been very... Uh, um, welcoming and, and also been able to do a lot of uh, community work with them when we were, did the food boxes and that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for that. Uh, and again, you can ask questions in the comments. Uh, for these people that are here in live in person, you can also ask a question as well. So feel free to just say, hey, I want to ask a question. Um, you won't interrupt. It's fine. Now, Denise, 
what is your campaign driven on? What, what's, what's your main focus with your campaign? Well, you know, there's so many different issues right now, but one of the things I realize when I'm talking and sharing information, I'm hearing from the constituents and my neighbors, they're not better off right now. A lot of us are dealing with a lot of struggles financially and emotionally and the stress levels right now in San Antonio has caused them a lot of issues within their own family households. So we know we can do better. And I think any elected official needs to respect the fact that they're there to serve their constituents, serve the community, not just in their own district, but the city entirely is involved with different issues that everyone on that district council seat represents and they vote on you as well. So we need to have a relationship and I know that in, in District 2, we have some concerns that are dealing with, with growth, with gentrification, and the lack of opportunities for a lot of people because we've had some issues with development here. Just down the street here on New Bonfils, we paid for bonds and we've had infrastructure issues and we've closed off our streets to small businesses. We're not respecting the fact that when we do expect them to do something good for our community, we don't expect them to shut down our doors yeah and yeah. you know that hurts we have to be responsible for that and i think that we need to have somebody with my experience in business to know everybody has checks and balances everybody has a deadline everybody has to have to respond to somebody else and in this case we have to be the middleman between the constituent and the people involved with those contracts. But we got to make sure nobody's going to be hurting each other because we are all paying taxes. Even if your doors are shut, you still have salaries to pay. You still have taxes to pay. You still have suppliers to pay. And we have to make sure we're not hurting them yeah. in that way. How is the city going to be <clears throat> proactive instead of reactive? Well, um, we know we're getting a lot louder. <laughs> um, I know that people are very frustrated. The city can no longer use COVID as an excuse. Uh, they use that for two years for always having a reason not to complete their projects, complete the issues within their districts. Uh, I know we have a problem with the mayor being one-sided in many ways. He's worked on an agenda of his own and continues to work on projects that right now are not essential right now we got to get back to basics we got to get back to working within our own districts so i think that right now we need to bring it back um, and start being realistic because i know one of the things that concerns me is the bonds we have overextended ourselves with those bonds financially we are going to be in more and more debt that means a fewer people who are paying taxes are going to be responsible to make up not only the interest rate, but the higher interest rates that are coming up and the payment. And we're going to not we're not going to meet those requirements and we're going to be hurting and everybody else will be hurting in, in the future. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, we don't have a good role model for that anyway. Look at yeah, our look at our nation's debt. It's what I don't even know what 27 billion trillion now. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I lost count at 21. Well, I don't, I don't we, know. we heard it last week. We heard some of the banks over in California. Yeah. You know, Silicon Valley Bank. And now we're hearing the Swiss Bank in, in, in Europe. So now we're dealing with not just local issues banking-wise, but now worldwide issues. And we're all connected. I mean, when you're talking about a banking industry, we're connected too as San Antonio because our city it's, itself has bonds. Our city invests in mutual funds. So we need to understand that if you're a city employee, are you secure? Are you a teacher? Are you secure? Because all of your retirement is basically hooked up to that. So we need to have more financial responsibility for those people who work and yeah. invested in their future. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I think he says good morning. Uh, 
He also says, uh, in what ways do you defer from the current council person? Um, what would you do different to ensure police misconduct is addressed? Well, we know we have a committee right now uh, with police. We know we have issues with everything. I'm not even talking about police. I'm talking about even from people in city government right now. I have never heard of anybody in city government getting fired. If you have an employee from any of our departments, and we know we've had some issues with some people having issues with co-compliance, issues with uh, zoning, issues with um, just basically anything to do with San Antonio, with the city is, you know, dot .gov. Um, you know, are there any checks and balances there? Have we ever heard of anybody getting fired? No. <laughs> no, we don't. But we always focus on the police. Yeah. But we don't focus on the fact that there's more to this than just police. Now, we do know we have problems. We do know that they're taking care of it. But we also know that we need to understand that sometimes the issues for police is a little bit larger than we have to deal with. So um, I feel definitely we will be addressing that. Uh, but we do know that there is already some groups that are working to make sure that there is some accountability. Okay. Yeah. And sorry, folks, I just want to make sure people come in. <laughs> yeah, we want them to come in and buy their coffee. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's great. <laughs> um, so uh, also, uh, I did ask, would you support a special counsel investigation into police misconduct, including criminal charges for officers who violate citizens' rights? Uh, we already have. And uh, I don't think it's just city council. I think we need to make sure that our city attorney does their job. Mm. Okay. Um, and, of course, you're talking about the DA. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we all have our, we all have the checks and balances again. We all have a role that we're specifically into, um, supposed to be doing. And we can't put everything onto the city council. We need to make sure that city council tells them, hey, do your job. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because, I mean, there's, the military has, yeah, you know. <laughs> they do. I mean, so, we're right across from Fort Sam. We yeah. know that. Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't be around with our, our military if we didn't have those, those yeah. actuals. Yeah. Um, Anne says, uh, we currently have the city we don't deserve. That's what she says. Um, okay, so what is your, uh, what is the biggest concerns you see from the community that, that the community has expressed? Well, as much as there is a narrative right now that they want to have uh, Pop A on the ballot, I think that a lot of people have t spoken to me about the fact that they want police. They don't feel secure in San Antonio. They don't like waking up in the morning, listening to the news reports that just down the street that there was an issue regarding either uh, race car driving, uh, you know, street racing that we have. Um, the issue with um, with violence in general, domestic violence is still an issue. We're not addressing those here in San Antonio and we need to have safety concerns brought to the light on top of our conversation with city council. We love to talk about it, but we don't do anything really about it. Uh, we spend a lot of money in domestic violence, and domestic violence has not gone down. It's only gone up. Um, we have issues with our with our children, our juveniles getting involved in more serious crimes, and we have to address that. So these are all concerns as parents, as grandparents, and just residents in general here in San Antonio and in this district that, yes, we do still want our police. Yes, we have to work with our police correctly and not be scared of them and not have that relationship that's going to be like, they're the bad guys and we're going to be cautious about them. We have to work together. We want something resolved and we want to figure out what happened in our neighborhood. If there was a crime or a murder, we have to work with them. We've got to give them leads. We have to be able to share that information. Um, but one thing for sure right now that in the east side, we have a lack of prosperity. We put a lot of money into the east side. A lot of programs we have saved. We're in the promise zone, uh, but 
do we really see the fruits of that? Well, the AT&T Center. Yeah, I mean, we have that. We have yeah. the Alamo Dome. We have um, we have a lot of money in our education with St. Philip. It's a wonderful institution. But do we have enough students graduating? Do we have enough enrollment? No, it's a great campus. And there's enough services that they offer with students, but they're not enrolling. But we put money into another program that takes away from student enrollment in our Alamo colleges by creating work for SA. You know, so there's different things out there. It's like, are we working against ourselves by creating more programs? Let's work with what we already have and make sure that they have the right funding and continue on their efforts to do the right thing. The return of investment. Do yeah. we have a good return of investment for it instead of, okay, well, it doesn't work. Let's try something else. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> you don't have time yeah. to focus on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Don asks, uh, so what does the Justice Charter actually do? Well, I'm going to make it really simple. Um, there's 14 pages to this charter. And of course, like any other thing, when you have a headline to get your attention, they're talking about abortion and they're talking about marijuana. Well, those are two issues right now that is still law, state law. And I don't care what anybody wants to say, how the media wants to play it, that will still have to be enforced, even though we want to decriminalize it in San Antonio. Then there's other issues on the 14 pages that really looks, looks really bad when we don't really explain it because to me the easiest way for me to share the information don't bother calling 911 because we're talking about class c misdemeanors you as a victim of crime will no longer have the resource really to call 911 for assistance if something is stolen from your property under 750 dollars don't bother your car is broken into and your equipment or your whatever contents are in there that's under 750 dollars don't bother you're a property owner or a business owner, and it is um, has been graffitied under $2,500, don't bother. But there are other parts of the misdemeanors that people are not looking at. And this is really very emotional for me because I just talked about domestic violence, but we also are talking about children. We will not fully go after those individuals who have voyeurism in their background. They can be peeping toms and they will not have any legal issues with the police anymore so you can literally have somebody looking into your bedroom window or be a visitor at a hotel and you're not going to feel safe because you can't call the police and report it you can't report somebody that just dropped their pants and exposed themselves to your children at a bus stop or at a, by a school bus that we've had incidents recently you're not going to have a recourse um i don't know if you know this but the fact that um having children um well there's so many different things but minors caught drinking and driving minors will have no issue not having a valid driver's license will have no issue um having um just there's so many things in there that i don't i'm not a lawyer but just reading everything about the misdemeanors realize we're in a very dangerous spot right now so don't even bother calling 911. So if they wanted to call, you know, say they're not defunding the police, you're basically defunding one department, 911. I think you're looking at me like a little shocked. No, 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 because <laughs> I, I, I've obviously I've had the Justice Charter on um, with me as well. And, uh, you know, some of those things aren't really talked about, uh, you know, and so it's it's that's why I want to hear from different Trespassing. sides. Trespassing. Right. Trespassing. Mm -hmm. You want to protect your property and you can have anybody come onto your property. Yeah. You won't be able to call the police on it, on that individual. 
Right. What's the difference between trespassing and squatting? We know we have that happening here, especially in D2, because we've had recent fires with squatters and vagrants going onto a personal's property and causing a fire to keep warm or just keep themselves housed during the evening. But that's your property. And now we're not going to be able to have a respect from our own city government and from voters saying, you know what? Hey, I don't want people coming onto my property. This is my individual property. Right. So trespassing is not going to be an issue anymore. Yeah. But one of the things that's very disappointing is the fact that part of this issue is that the charter and the people behind it are trying to scrub the person's history from being reported to police. So if you are caught um, doing a, a misdemeanor or committing a, a misdemeanor, um, it won't be recorded. So as an employer, you can't check their history. Either an individual company like this, even a government entity can't check your history. So can you imagine employing somebody who has a history of voyeurism, exposing themselves, and they're going to go and apply for a job at a school district? Or work at a daycare? Or work at a hotel? Yeah. And set up a camera, take pictures underneath the stall, and, and take pictures and pass it through the internet? I mean, there's a lot of things involved right. in this. And of course, the people that are supporting it, like my councilman, don't want to talk about that. They just want to talk about things that are already law. We do not have choke holes here in San Antonio. So that's a misnomer that they're using that just to grasp people's attention. But listen to everything else. San Antonio is a very, it's, it's the seventh largest city, but it's still very small in, 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 their, in their way of, of communicating and being a part of, of a of a family, you know, it's almost familiaki. Yeah. I mean, we can be the seventh largest city, but hey, we we hey, how you doing? You know, we like to go to little shops like this. Uh, we see a, a guy with a paletera uh, cart, and we stop by in the middle of nowhere, and he's selling paletas. Can you imagine that man being assaulted and having his entire savings or his income from that day stolen from him, and he has no recourse? Or going to a taqueria, you know, one of your your mobile shops on the corner? Mm -hmm. And we've had those incidents already, people being robbed. Right. And they're not going to have a recourse. These are entrepreneurs, and we're hurting the entrepreneurial spirit. Porque somos mexicanos, and we know what it's like to, to work hard. But you're going to take our life savings, you're going to take our life's effort to provide for our family because you think that this needs to have some sort of charter amendment. And I have to address this. All we're going to be doing is financially hurting our city. Because the day it happens, if this gets passed, all our city will be doing, Andy Segovia, our attorney, won't be fighting this at the state level. We are going to contract attorneys to fight this. Every single incident will be fought with the state because we're in violation with state law. So think about the lack of money coming back to you for your concerns, for your neighborhoods, for your alleys, for your streets, for everything that you need, for better lighting, for, for just anything that you need is going to be going for a special fund to contract attorneys to fight this at the state level. So what happened with the, because uh, it was recently said that it wasn't in violation of any law. What what happened with that? You mean the Supreme Court? Right. Okay, the Supreme Court said they didn't have to break it up like we do with our bonds. Okay. Um, but there is still a second part to that to that case. So it's going to go back to court uh, because this is one of the reasons why you had that issue with three councilmen that walked away. Um, you know, they don't want to really talk about it, why they walked away, but we know we take an oath. 
We take an oath to the city, we take an oath to the position of city council, and we're supposed to abide by state law. Um, so our council people who did vote on this voted against the roads for their office. But you had one attorney up there, which was District 8, and he, he walked out during the vote because he is an attorney. And he has to take an oath to keep his license, to follow the law. So that was his easy way out to say, I'm not voting for this because I'm not going to compromise my legal law license for something that's illegal that the city charter is basically saying if it gets passed. So you can see right now that there is a lot of nuances to this and it's not as easy as people think. If you're going to pass this, there's going to be so much more financially that we're going to risk ourselves here in San Antonio than they imagine. And it's just going to hurt us. Man, well, thoughts so taken. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, no. And, and I mean, if and anybody has any more questions, I mean, it's on your our website, uh, SanAntonio.gov, and it breaks it down for you. Just people just don't want to read it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 difficult, um, you know, because it's a lot of information. Mm -hmm. um, but two, we 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 hope that the people in charge or the people that are. are uh, wanting to bring these situations out that they're telling us the truth uh, or they're breaking it down, not in just their own well, let's, way. Let's be realistic it. here. Who's the one that proposed this? My councilman. Since day one that he got elected, we knew his agenda was going to be something like this. He was for defending the police from the very beginning. Not only is he involved in it, but his staffers are involved in it. They're a part of the organization that has been working with Act for SA the BLM group, um, the TOPS group, all the different groups that we have seen and read in the news, they're a part of his staff. So from day one, they've been planning this, to do this and put it on a charter to be on the ballot and brought before his reelection. So is he working for the residents of San Antonio and his constituency, or is there another agenda? Those are the simple questions that we should be asking. Are your council people working for you or working for somebody else. That's all. I got you. Um, somebody have a question? Oh. Up to the mic. It's fine. The hospitality industry. Okay. Hospitality industry is coming downtown. I'm very concerned as I've been hearing that you know, Jalen and D2 is against a lot of the things that we have known for all of our lives in San Antonio. One being the voice characters and everything that is anything about the horse character industry in San Antonio, I see where he has voted against them and trying to take them out of San Antonio. Personally, I grew up on this. My children, people come in from all over San Antonio when they're visiting, they want to go on the horse carriages. They love it. It's a part of San Antonio. I have a question. Are you for that or against that? And do you understand why he would even want to do that? Well, it doesn't again, make any sense to us. No, ma'am. It's actually all politics. Um, he has no understanding of the animal industry. And I can tell you that from day one um, with the bond itself. He's very proud to say that he brought money into ACS. Um, my husband's a veterinarian here in San Antonio for over 35 years. Uh, we work in the south side of San Antonio. We live here in District 2. So we know the issues regarding um, the animal issues that a lot of our residents are, are having to deal with. So when this information came out about um, the carriage industry and his proposal for a CCR, 
to have that industry removed from San Antonio and banned. And um, not understanding the fact that this industry employs so many different groups of people from LGBTQ community as well, um, women, minorities, uh, veterans, disabled. Um, it's a wonderful industry and I'm well aware of it because being in part of this veterinary medicine, um, there's all aspects to it. But when we're talking about San Antonio history and the carriage industry, I went out there and I visited with them. I took a tour to see for myself why he hasn't been there himself personally to inspect the barns. Why? Because Either one, he doesn't care, which has been proven, and he's doing it for somebody else. Is it for the electric vehicles that they're now planning to bring for downtown San Antonio? Because there are special electric vehicles that will be transporting visitors that he and Manny Palayas have initiated for San Antonio. This industry itself is a historical industry. You can see historical pictures of San Antonio from the fiesta, from the rose, uh, from the uh, different rose parades that we've had because we fill them up with roses. Um, so our history is horses in Texas. I mean, we were built around horses. We were created around horses. We brought in our families on driven on, 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 on wagons. And these carriages still serve a purpose here in San Antonio, not just for tourism, but I understand and I've seen the pictures, I've seen the kids' faces, that they work with our local hospitals. They take the horses and the carriages to the Make-A-Wish Foundation for those children all they want to be as a princess for a day. I don't see them asking for an electric vehicle to come to the hospital and make them a princess. They want to see that horse. They want to see that carriage. They want to pet that horse. Those horses are well-trained, well-loved, and part of San Antonio and Texas. And I'm proud to say that I've been endorsed by the Calvary Group, a national organization that's been fighting this all around the country, because this is exactly what we're dealing with. This councilman is working not for us but against us by other organizations who've been out there advocating to stop our animal industry and this is going to affect not only our carriage industry but possibly our rodeo and possibly our mexican charriadas which some of you know as escaramuzas and charros because we have a wonderful facility on the south side southwest side of san antonio they're going to come after them too but in san antonio we have the buffalo soldiers here in district two are they going to stop them from exhibiting their horses and riding in parades? Are they going to stop the fact that we still have horses just across the street in Fort Sam? If you just go down by Fort Sam over to the um, west side, you will see that we still have the cavalry group. And the history behind Fort Sam is so important regarding our equine family, just equine means your horses, that we actually have a horse buried there with a monument that served in World War One, mm. And people don't remember our history. And this is exactly what this new generation of elected officials want to do. They want to scrub our history. It might be good, it might be bad, but you can't ignore it. We're here because of it. And we have to make sure that we keep this industry intact. We keep these people employed. We keep the image of San Antonio as being some, something that they're coming here for. They make sure that those horses are out there and they make sure that they give them a wonderful experience when they're visiting San Antonio. And I know that the tourist industry will definitely suffer when they're gone. So I'm fighting for them and I will do that from now until I'm in office. So what do you say with the, as far as with the the horses being exposed to like the, the car exhaust? And that is like that. total 
and I can't say the word because I know we're on TV. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, right now you can barely even hear my voice. I'm exposed more to the allergies right now in San Antonio than these horses are exposed to. They are well cared for. The fact that they have better, better medical services than most people that have their own pets right now. We have more pets outside walking the streets because people don't care about them. These horses are their babies. These are their industry. You do not mistreat something that's going to make you money because this is how they make their living. It's just like if you have your car, you right. take care of your car. If it's going to take you to work, you make sure you got good tires, you got your oil change, everything else. You don't mistreat it. Yeah. Okay. So the Very same true. thing applies to these horses. This man does not know anything about it, and I can tell you why. Because he never even once reached out to anybody in the veterinary uh, industry, including my husband, including my office, about the bond. He didn't even include us in the discussion on this issue regarding the carriage industry. He does not care, and neither does our city council. And that's the reason why we're going to have more issues right now with ACS, because they do not respect our professionals in this industry. They're in their own little island, and they're going to be sued royally after what happened a couple of weeks ago with the family on the west side. Sure. Um, Betty uh, says, thank you for making people aware that we do not uh, need to put our SAPD down. Uh, we have a great department. Uh, shouldn't have to put two two different issues on Prop A and make it so hard for people to understand. I think it's yeah. more than just two. Um, I've never been a big fan of multiple things on a bill because it just... So it would be one situation. Well, just think about your phone bill. You, when you start yeah. reading your phone bill, you have all of these little additional uh, add-ons. Like, right. why am I paying for this? And why yeah. am I paying for that? Yeah. So the same thing applies to this situation with the charter. They're trying to lump it all into one because it's easy to use the word justice charter. To me, it's injustice right. because we are going to be the victims. Yeah. Um, and says, uh, wasted taxpayer money for another CASA lawsuit. Yeah. Um, Ernest uh, put on here the uh, exact wording of the justice director. Um, so if you want to look at it, you can look at it there. Um, and then he says, SAPD is a horrible agency. They constantly violate people's rights. Their training is laughable. I like to you answer can't. that. They're yep. always violating somebody's rights, right? Well, who are you going to call? Not well, Ghostbusters. That's I'm sure they're not going to be calling anybody else. If, if they don't want to have any help, then don't call them. Yeah, definitely. Um, Betty says, why did Courage and Perry not vote? I don't know. Um, uh, well, I can't answer for them, but I just mentioned one that actually is an attorney. On Prop A. Uh, let's see here. Kelly says, uh, since ACS ignored multiple calls for aggressive dogs, should the city be liable for the death Definitely. of the elderly man that killed him? Definitely. I, I, there's no, there's no, there's no into that. Um, I know. Um, and that's one of the things I'm very disappointed in right now because nobody's mentioning the fact that our councilman, Jalen, is actually, um, has a CCR that will not euthanize dangerous dogs. We already know that this incident here had over 100 calls to SAPD and ACS and other issues regarding the family and the aggressive dogs. He would consider this not an issue for for putting down these dogs and euthanizing them. So, what do you do? I mean, if you have your own council person saying you're not going to euthanize a vicious dog with a record, well, why are you doing that? Are you protecting the family? 
Are you protecting the people that this vicious dog is protecting, doing something possibly wrong? Because now we see that there was a lot of concerns about this family with illegal activity. I mean, we're just see, reading the report. So is ACS and Jalen uh, protecting somebody else? But the fact that we have our city councilman right now who is proposing not to take the legal action to euthanize known dogs that have caused health issues, bites, mauling, that's a concern again. He doesn't respect you, the resident. I have addressed city council on one or more occasions, and I've had the unpleasure of watching Jalen, who represents District 2, and his very unprofessionalism way is I almost feel like I'm in high school cafeteria, whether than a professional platform with decisions that affect your city and your livelihood are being made. And I came here today to support Denise and say thank you, and I hope that you get that seat because we need it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and that's why I'm running, because it's about time we have somebody that has the background and knowledge, not only as a business person, but as a community advocate for my residents and, and neighbors that have been reaching out to me from the very beginning when I first decided to run a while back because of our gentrification. Uh, I am not against developers. I just want respectful design, respectful um, consideration for our neighbors who cannot afford their taxes to go up and be displaced. We have legacy family owners who are hoping that their families would inherit their home. They can't because their taxes are so high. Uh, an example here, um, <laughs> <you're my kid. laughs> sorry, I get carried away. Um, just down the street, we have, some of you might know of the pig stand that just closed two weekends oh, yeah, yeah. ago. Well, if you look at their tax roll, you'll see that in one year alone, their taxes, uh, their appraisal went up over a million dollars. I mean, who would want to live in a city that literally is appraising your value over a million dollars with the intent of you being forced to sell your your property. And that's what we're dealing with. And it's no different than Moses and Roses. Yeah. We're talking about eminent domain. Um, you know, this is something that we have to understand that we want the city to grow in the right way. But when you're going to hurt families and tell them that they cannot keep their property, like they're doing with Mr. Gantu with the eminent domain situation, um, it's scary because they can come to any of you and say, you know what? I want your property because, yeah, I think I'm going to build a park there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the whole Alamo thing, again, I'm going to say, the <laughs> whole Alamo thing was just a travesty to begin with. Yeah. Um, you had a question? Here. Yeah. Oh. So my question is for uh, it's directed to Denise. Um, so I was at a meeting uh, last Thursday, and I asked a question to ask for essay and vote Sapoa, and it was just a point back blank yes or no question. Bill, if so, if someone comes on, let's say, say I come on Eric's property and still $750 or below, will the DA prosecute? Ask for essay who supports the charter, tap dance around the answer. Danny Diaz, I suppose, said no, he won't prosecute. Is this, I'm just making it crystal clear to the public that if I come on Eric's property and still $750 or below, the DA is not going to do anything. Am I correct? You're correct. And we're seeing that right now. And I think this is one of the things that, even though this is a city proposition i think that we have to understand that it's it's our da who will prosecute that's our county da so why haven't our four precinct county commissioners made a statement why hasn't our county judge made a statement on this this will impact them as well they live in the city and um so this is just not an island for San Antonio. It will impact everybody. You live in a municipality, you live in Alamo Heights, you live in Balcone Heights. This will impact you if it's passed. 
if you come into San Antonio and you're you're a victim of a crime, you have every right to call the police and you're going to be told you can't. Not just because you don't live in the city, because you live in Balcony Heights, but because now we've written out that law and that charter is now going to give you no voice by calling in a crime. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a lot of different issues there. And we're going to lose tourism. I mean, just what's happening in Seattle, what's happening in Portland, people are not going to come to San Antonio. Once they hear this, uh, I in good conscience, how are we going to end up saying, come on down to visit? I mean, you're going to be in a very unsafe environment. Yeah. Um, so with the, the tourism itself, I mean, are you for or against the uh, baseball stadium that they want to build? We're talking about eminent domain again. <laughs> I mean, if you decide where you want to put your uh, your baseball field, just like they did with UTSA downtown, I mean, you had a lot of homes that were displaced and a lot of families that were saying, oh, I'm going to have to move. Hmm. So we have to be careful where we decide we want to put a baseball field. We know we have um, a lot of opportunities for sports right now. Unfortunately, we're not winning with our Spurs. We put a lot of money into our stadium. Um, and we hope that we have other venues that will make some money for us that way. But right now, um, we have to be very cautious. That would end up being something that the county looks at. I would not want to have the city funded. Uh, we fund enough stuff right now. And this is something that's going to be entirely good for the entire county as a baseball field and a baseball team would be. Then yeah. it, needs to be it needs to be a collaboration. It just can't be us holding the books, uh, the purse strings. For sure. Yes, yes, here. Hi, this question is for Denise. Um, I have a concern that if this passes, that if a small business owner, like this coffee shop owner, attempts to stop somebody from leaving, they could be jailed for false imprisonment. Is that correct? Well, one of the things that we're looking at right now as a small business owner, there's going to be so many different aspects, not just being a victim of the crime itself uh, from the shoplifter, but the patrons in the store, if they're hurt in any way in the capacity of this crime being uh, committed, then they're going to be liable for the for the person itself. Um, not only will that impact them financially, but their insurance rates are going to go up. Um, insurance rates will also reflect on having to increase your prices for everything else. That cup of coffee will have another two or three or four dollars added on to it because of the liability issues in San Antonio. Just the way our liability issues with our insurance with our cars are now going to be an issue because we're going to have unlicensed uh, drivers really you know, on our streets. Um, our homes now are going to be at risk because our zip codes in San Antonio are going to be considered a risk in San Antonio for crime. Everything will impact you because of this charter financially, and people don't understand that. I live in District 2, and I will just say, very obviously for some of you who are watching me or listening because you possibly are thinking about me as your council person, think about the reality of what they always like to talk about, the food desert mm, in District yeah. 2. Well, we live it because we know that the major grocery chain here knows and feels that the risk is too high. You have HEVs almost in every corner along 1604 mm -hmm. by Stone Oak, by Alamo Ranch. I mean, literally you can see one sign from one corner to the other and you've got several ATVs. Here you've got to literally make it a day's trek to just go to your ATV because we have very few stores in our yeah. district. Why? Because they know there's a risk factor. They know there's a crime factor. There's no, they know they lose money. They're not going to invest. They're not going to, they're going to say, you know what? They can get on the bus. They can get in the car and they can drive over 
to Lincoln Heights. They can drive over to the big HEB on the south side of San Antonio, but we're not going to invest here. So we hurt ourselves because I just went to Walsam and Midcrown this weekend, and I took a picture and a video of our former SVS. Our small pharmacy closed up. Why? Shoplifting. The fact that they had so much crime happening there, it wasn't worth it. And that's a corporation that's all over the United States. They can pick up and leave, leaving us with nothing. So we have to be good neighbors as well and realize we're hurting ourselves when we don't stand up to crime. And we want to make sure that if I need a late night, you know, medicine for, for my granddaughter or my husband needs something, I know I can go to the store and pick it up. But guess what? We're hurting ourselves when we know that we don't address crime and those stores are going to be leaving. We saw it happening in other states. We know that Walmart picked up and closed shop. So if they're already doing it now, what's 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 stopping? I mean, what is the charter going to do even like, how's it going to make it even worse? A lot worse because they're going to say, hey, we're not going to have the support of the city. Why do I even have to worry about building a, a, a a location. What do I have to employ people and put them in, in an unsafe environment? No employer wants to put their staff or their employees in an unsafe environment. And that's what we're doing. So what's the solution? Then don't if pass, it's already happening. Don't pass the charter. Right. But if it's already happening right now, what's the solution for that? Well, we need to make sure that we start following the law. We have to make sure that, you know, site and release has been the worst thing that's happened to San Antonio. They're saying it's a way of reducing the incarceration. Well, sometimes you have repeat offenders and you read the news and you read the assaults that have happened with that individual and they were out on parole. They were out on bond and they still were carrying a gun. It's not going to matter. Yeah. It's not going to matter. They're going to repeat the crime. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And that's because they don't, they don't have any outlets or they don't have any, um, like any type of reform either. We have plenty of reform. We have plenty of opportunities. We have so many organizations that we're working with here in San Antonio that we funded to try and help people who've been recently, you know, uh, incarcerated come and find jobs. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like while they're in prison. Well, while they're in prison, you know, that's a different lifestyle. I can't say I've ever been in prison. I never (laughs) want to be in prison. But, you know, it's not my responsibility to worry about what's behind those closed doors right now. I need to make sure that those officers and the and the people that work for for our sheriff's department are safe as well, because there's a lot of stuff going on. We have a lot of cartel. We have a lot of people involved in gangs that are a part of the system right now that are creating the problems in San Antonio. Get picked up, they get incarcerated, and they come right back out, and they continue to do the same crimes. Yeah. So when you say it's not your problem. It's not, I, I, I'm not a jailer. I, I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I can't do my part. But we're, we're losing more and more attorneys from our DA's offices because they've given up. They've realized there's a problem with the DA's office. The turnover rate's terrible. I mean, it's not my problem because I'm not an attorney. But we do have a problem when you don't go out there and vote and vote the right person into the DA's office. That's where we have a problem. And I did vote. And I voted for the right person to replace our current DA. So that's how I see the problem. I did my part. Now, if the rest of the city is complaining, they didn't do their part. And this is the reason why we've got to get people motivated to go out and vote. How do you how do you motivate this this 
want to hear it's with you. Right. Well, yeah, no, no, yeah. No, but like, how do you, how do you, how do you get people to go and push forward to go vote? Because District 2 has one of the, also the lowest amount of votes in the city. How do you get people to just go and, and, and feel like they do have a voice? Well, sadly, that's the problem that we have when it comes to local elections. They don't think that it matters. But guess what? What happens in Washington, it doesn't happen and affect you here. I mean, we're dealing with our own issues in San Antonio. We're dealing with the migrant center here in San Antonio. We're dealing with the issues of the economy here in San Antonio. We're yeah. dealing with the fact that our schools closed because our former county judge mandated them close for over a year. And now we're suffering the consequences with our students having to catch up on their educational system. So what happens locally does impact right. you. So you need to come out and vote because, you know, you can't make an excuse anymore. I mean, if you don't go out and vote, don't you're letting, say you're letting other people decide yeah, and for don't, you. And don't say anything because, right. you know, if you don't put yourself in the game. You can't say you lost anything because, hey, you didn't even get up to that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what are your favorite small businesses? Oh, do you have any? Uh, yes. Just regarding uh, recidivism, um, you know, the Justice Charter really wanted to do justice reform. They could have included when you, when someone has been uh, in jail or even arrested and their charges dropped, there's a, on the application, on many applications when you go for a job, they ask, have you ever been arrested? Even if it's deferred adjudication. Um, and a lot of people um, can't qualify for the job because they have to answer yes if they do answer truthfully, right? Um, rather, it should be, have you ever been convicted? But it's not. The question is, have you ever been arrested, deferred adjudication? Um, and, and you can't even get an apartment a lot of times. So that contributes a lot to people, you know, going back to their old lifestyle, right. in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Um, Can I also want to say something yeah. um, in, in reference to why people don't vote? I personally feel, as a citizen of San Antonio, I don't think they have much faith anymore in the, in the process. I don't think there's a lot of integrity out there anymore, and I don't think people are trying to do the right thing. And I truly, honestly believe that there's so many representatives instead of common sense leadership anymore. They're being, they're little puppets. They don't have any morals. They have no compasses. And I feel like that's why a lot of people are not wanting to vote. And so, you know, if it, even if it's one person at a time and Ms. Gutierrez gets into office and she starts doing her job, maybe her being a leader, people will follow and we will have that turnout again one day. But right now, I don't think that they think it matters. Yeah, they've lost a lot of hope. I've, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, I felt that. I feel a lot of people have lost a lot of hope. And, um, you know, I said, don't, don't lose hope. I'm doing this. I don't have to be doing this, but I'm doing this because it's necessary. Um, during COVID, I became a grandparent. Um, and I worry. I, I never thought I, you know, I've always heard that, you know, when you become a grandparent, you worry about your grandkids <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Well, you really do. You yeah. really, you want to leave it a better place. And I've seen so much go in the opposite direction while I've been here that it's sad to know that I did not stand up for it and stand up to what's been wrong. So if I can do one thing, is at least they can say, well, at least grandma did something for me. You <laughs> 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 tried to do something good. Um, and I am, I am, I'm definitely going to try and do it for my, my own family. It's, it is self-serving, it's for my family, but it's also for my community, for my neighbors. I see one right here and we've met each other through different times during our issues in our neighborhood. 
And that's the reason why I got involved because sometimes they don't have a voice. And fortunately for me, I am very fortunate with my husband and my business that I can afford and take that risk to stand up to people. Um, and re regarding respect, the same thing applies to my husband. I wouldn't be doing this if I did not have the support of my husband because he's gonna be a part of the limelight too. Because they're gonna know who he is and where he works <laughs> and they're gonna be coming and complaining to him if it's good or bad. He'll be hearing it as well. Yeah. But I would do nothing to disrespect you, the residents, you, the constituents, and you, the community. And I would never do anything to disrespect my husband. And I think that's one of the things that people have forgotten. We do not have respect in the way you carry yourself, the way you behave, the way you honor your office and the position that you're in for those people who took the time to vote for you. And that's what needs to be done again. Gotcha. Awesome. So what keeps you here? What keeps you here in D2? Other than like that? I mean. Well, I'm close enough to the office. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to deal with traffic. Um, but uh, it's a wonderful community. It really is. And if it wasn't run we wouldn't have so many other developers coming in here and wanting to take over. But the history here in San Antonio is really important for us to remember. And part of my community is, is where I live, is Government Hill. And it's just right here in the shadows of Fort Sam. And I love listening and reading the history about it. Because I say listen, because I, I can hear the cannon go off at certain times of the day. I can hear it in the morning, wake me up. I can hear it in the evenings, like, hey, cool it. It's time to settle down. Um, but it's also the fact that, I mean, we have some military here. And I can see new young people joining the military. And if they have this willingness to do this to serve our community and serve our country, why shouldn't I try and do that here in my community of San Antonio and in District 2? And so. I mean, I could live anywhere. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I could live in a gated community. <laughs> um, but I chose and I'm willing to be a part of this community because I know I can do much more. And uh, we're still here. Uh, we haven't retired. And uh, my husband and I said, you know what, this is our home. Yeah. And at least people can recognize me and they've seen me and they know who I am. And I shop down the street at the little HEB on New Braunfels. <laughs> and I see the panhandlers and they uh, they recognize me and I recognize them. Um, but that's that's my community. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, off topic. What's uh, what kind of music does Denise like to listen to? <laughs> let's hear these. Oh, let's hear goodness. these. Oh, it's going <laughs> to be a little interesting. Um, I do have my little mini Google in the morning and um, I do have a weird kind of selection. And I don't know if you or you can ask her to play the Partridge Family Channel. <laughs> I thought you looked into your red. <laughs> and the reason why I say that is, I guess it's a genre of that time period that they actually mix a lot of the different artists that kind of have that same vibe. So it can go from yeah, David Cassidy, which I was not young enough, you know, to to listen to him, but I heard about the Partridge Family. Um, but, uh, you know, it goes from wham, it goes to, you know, the Jackson five. I love the classic Jackson five. So oh. it kind of goes through all of that genre, but I also do love the classics. I, I love Michael Bublé. I, I have to say the Frank, Frank Sinatra stuff. I love it. Doris Day. Love it. Uh, but then I did go to my roots. Um, I grew up listening to Pedro Infante with my grandparents. And, um, you know, when you, when you listen to those songs, <laughs> You know, I think American rappers need to kind of listen 
to the if they can translate the words. There's a story behind the guy crying <laughs> and taking a, you know, having that beer because he just lost his wife or his girlfriend because he did something. Because something he did. Yeah, something stupid that he did. <laughs> so you know, it's an early form of Mexican rap. Yeah. You think about it, but there's a lyrics and there's a story behind it. So I love listening to to that that type of music. So I'm telling you, it's going to be a little interesting for for my selection. But yeah, and my husband is definitely hard rock. I mean, you miss stuff. So I'm like, I need to hear that. Um, are you familiar with War? Yeah, yeah. They're from Kansas. They, nobody knows that they're from Kansas. Um, and War has my favorite song that gets me going in the morning and gets to my roots. It's Low Rider. Uh, <laughs> that cowbell. Yeah. Okay. I grew up with that cowbell because that was our song for our high school back where I came from. And man, you literally the whole stadium would just like, okay, and the neck would start. And I can hear it today when I'm in my own, I have my own little rider. I put that on and I put it full blast and they hear me coming. I'm like, sorry guys, this is me. <laughs> I'm a valley girl. I have an idea for you should do a campaign video of you and a low rider with the low rider. I did. You did? I did. I, I did. I took out my little light and I lifted it up, lifted it down. I mean, you would have your first council person in a low rider coming to events. And I love it. I mean, and I, I took it out during my campaign. Um, so, yeah. I mean, awesome. <laughs> electric vehicles have nothing. I want to hear my car. If you're going to spend that type of money on a car, I want to hear it. Okay? And I want to see it jump up and down. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got you off topic. Yeah, that was funny. Like, that was <laughs> funny. You should, you should have your, you should have a low well, rider in your well, shirt. Well, that's why yeah. my new logo, by the way, guys. I don't know if you can see it. It's kind of an homage to um, tattoos, but also the car culture because I'm a part of the car culture. Okay. I, I ask cars, so I, I go to different venues. Um, and for me, for the East Side, I really wanted something to inspire people to think about. Um, coming back to the east side and when you think about birds they always come back to roost they always come back to their home and i want people to be proud of the east side come back come back even if you just come out to visit and support a business come back if you want to come back and move back to sit to, to the east side have your home your family that's why i have this logo uh, let me ask you a question because I, I know you mentioned about the car racing and stuff like that <laughs> but with the car clubs, because I, I know a good friend of mine is part of a, the lowrider car clubs and, and all that stuff. And the city has been doing a lot of things to kind of take that away from yeah. these car clubs and meeting up and stuff like that. And I know there's been some issues, but are you going to be, is that something that you oh, would Oh, I've advocate? got ideas. I've got some ideas. I mean, the car culture is an amazing group of people. Uh, it's very family oriented. Uh, there is good and bad. I know there's yeah. some bad right now going on with some of these guys that are out there speeding and their little tiny little, I call them mouses because they look like a little yeah, mouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but culturally, car clubs and like low riders and just regular car clubs, it's um, the family would get involved. They yeah. teach the kids how to clean the wire wheels, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the Sunday shows. Yeah. Um, and it was something that was very, it was a, they were proud to say, hey, right. there's my car. And they take they take their picnic and they take their lawn chairs. They sit there all day long. Yeah, yeah. And and they would literally cruise the street. So there's no racing involved right. in our car culture. We want you to see your car. Yeah. Okay. We worked hard. It can for only it. go forty yeah. miles an hour anyway. Because you, you know, <laughs> we worked really hard. We want you to yeah. see it. And you know, when we're out 
driving. For me, the best response is when I'm at a stoplight and I have people taking a picture or kids taking a picture. Or if I'm parked somewhere, they go, can I take a picture? And the kids want to take a picture with their parents because they don't really see a car like that anymore. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's really what drives my my passion for this because not everybody can, can get into golf. Not everybody can get yeah. into tennis. But man, if you've got drum pulse car and you want to keep it in your family, pass it down. Yeah. And and use that as a way of keeping your family together and enjoying la, la, la familia. I yeah, mean, yeah. vamos al parque, vamos, you know, they say parque, you know. <laughs> well, they still uh, do that you know, on Sundays at yeah, Brack. They, yeah. they, they meet up still. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't I don't want it to be something where people are going to feel bad about it. I want people to honor it. But we have to do it correctly. Yeah. And I know that we have some amazing events happening around Texas for car clubs that bring in national attention. Yeah. And I don't know why we don't have it here. If I can get into office, I want to do something big like that here in San Antonio. I think they have the Lowrider show coming up, don't they? Oh, no. You you, know, you haven't seen a well. big show like <laughs> Lone Star Roundup or yeah. Good Guys in Dallas. Yeah. I mean, you got people coming in and bringing in mega money mm. to tourism and to restaurants because this is an event. We should be doing that here in San Antonio. Gotcha. Um, and then Betty says, uh, thank you, Denise. Um, you will make a great representative for District 2. It's time for change. Our seniors in D2 need to. Definitely. And that's one of the things that concerns me as well. Uh, we have a lot of money going into our homeless initiatives, but not as much into our seniors. Our seniors have been impacted by taxes as well. They lose their homes. We don't provide enough housing for our seniors when they're forced out of their home. Um, if we're going to have initiatives for 10 to 20 percent of our housing, but these developers go to affordable housing, for me personally, I mentioned before, it needs to have a separate group of people that have designated housing for domestic violence families that need housing because they don't want to live in Haven for Hope until they can find something. Uh, we need it for seniors who've been displaced. We had some family members here in, the, in, our, in our district, in our neighborhood, that got displaced because of a fire. They were living in a hotel for weeks because there's not enough housing for seniors. And that's not right. So we need to make sure that we address the issue, especially even disabled people, because yeah. I've met with some of the disabled individuals here in San Antonio, and they're often ignored in every district. And we need to remember there's more to life than just one who can actually put on a set of headphones and have a conversation. <laughs> yeah. Some people use sign language. Some people have issues with having just basic communication. And right. we have to make sure that the city provides enough of that. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. Um, well, uh, how can people get a hold of you, donate, block walk, all that stuff? Well, definitely I need help. Um, I don't have all those uh, groups that are out there supporting some of the candidates um, in reference to this campaign. Um, they have their activists that have, were campaigning, getting those signatures for the charter, are out there also supporting our current uh, council person. So he's got plenty of boots on the ground doing the legwork. So uh, I do need help. If you'd like to volunteer to do some block walking with me, I would love it because I'm out there doing it as well. Um, I'm picking different areas around the district. So uh, if you think you want to work on one part of your neighborhood, let me know and I'll be happy to go out there. I do have a website. It's Denise4D2.com. And I do have a, a link there for any donations because I definitely need help in that respect. Um, but anything they want to help with, even doing some phone calls. If you can't go out and do any block walking, if you want to help with some phone calls, I would love for you to be a part of this campaign in that way. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, thank, you. Uh, thank you, everyone. So uh, 
again, this is Denise Gutierrez with District 2. Uh, current. Um, Congratulations. I love this setup. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell, it's pretty cozy in here. So I'm trying to keep the footprint very small, just trying to be respectful of this place. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's been... It's been a long time. I, I remember the first time we interviewed, and it was it was kind of like a via Zoom. And I was like, I don't like it. I don't like the, you know, the especially distance, now yeah. people got tired of Zoom anyway. So uh, it's just I like you can this. see him blush in person. It's really, <laughs> it's really cool. So you know, really, Eric, I really appreciate you doing this for everybody Excellent. that's running for office. There's and, tattoo. Hey, tattoo. What's going hey. on, bro? <laughs> So, um, you know, I really hope that you continue this because I know it's going to just grow for you because a lot of our listeners and residents of San Antonio need your your effort to go out there and share your information. Thank with you. Us. Thank yes. you. Thank Appreciate you. it. And I am blushing right now. So. Thank <laughs> <you>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Uh, stay tuned for more. Um, keep informed. Keep that knowledge going on. Uh, learn more about the candidates. Um, and reach out to Denise if, you, if you, if you want to help uh, or ask some questions. In English, también, en español, si. Que si. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that much Spanish. So. <laughs> oh, yes, Aaron. I know, I know. Oh. But look, look, it's okay. Te voy a decir a la no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny because a friend of mine, um, her, she's the daughter of Ram Herrera. Oh. And, uh. She doesn't know Spanish, and she's like, "I was like, I was like, okay, well, I'm fine, Dad." I was like, "Your dad is like a leading singer, daughter, and you don't know Spanish." All right, I'm, I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> no, but it's important. I, yeah, I, I, know. I know it's it's kind of bad, and you know we have Tex-Mex and the whole thing. And I have to remember too. I get into it. I mean, I get into a different dialect, and uh, I remember my grandma always. Like, There's no such thing as troca. I'm like camioneta. And so I remember Wait, that in my head. Really? <laughs> <laughs> <That seems to be laughs> so I'm not, not, now that I am the grandmother, I'm remembering all those things that she used to tell me. It's like, no hay troca. <laughs> no hay bile. Hay cuentas. <laughs> no hay bile. <laughs> what about vaporub? <laughs> no, paper rub, mix, mix almighty. Yeah. Yeah, the huevo, the huevo. All right. Well, anyway, but thank Sorry, you guys. guys right, right. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Stay tuned for more. Um, and you guys have an awesome day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye.